Welcome to 24 Karis. I'm Kelly Johnson. I'm the founder and CEO of Karis by KJE. I'm here with Devin and Annalise, our leadership team, and we are in a series where we are talking about the role of communications in diversity, equity, and inclusion efforts. So hopefully if you missed the first part, you need to go back because there were a lot of great uh, golden nuggets, like we like to say. So, all right, let's continue the conversation. Um, more specifically, we're going to talk about some client examples. We will keep everyone anonymous. Um, so no, there's no shame in the game. This is all about learning from each other. Um, so if you hear your organization reference, don't worry, you're in good hands. And um, this is just an opportunity for us to share about our experiences with different organizations and how they're moving the needle in this space. So Annalise, let's start with you because your team in particular works side by side, lockstep with our clients um, in their culture transformation journey. And I'd love to hear from you, or can you give us you know, some insights about how communicating about DEI topics or sensitive issues, how does that show up in your client's world? Yeah, it's a very intentional balance. Um, lots of work behind the scenes that goes on to plan for what to say, what to celebrate, what to communicate. Um, and I think that's, that's really the key is being intentional, right? Um, you have to be really inclusive when you're thinking about everything. And the thing that comes up a lot is like DEI holidays, for example, like what do I celebrate? There's so many holidays. Um, and if you emphasize one but not the other, there's a group that's going to feel left out, right? And so it's balancing that type of activity. I mean, example, we had a client that missed a key uh, DEI holiday and got escalations as a result of that and kind of had to do some you know, cleanup work, if you will, as far as looking at really like, okay, how did we communicate this particular holiday? How did we celebrate it? Um, I, I said in the uh, earlier um, version of this um, communications topic is, that, you know, making sure that all um, employee populations are communicated to the way that they can receive information. Um, in this particular case, maybe the, an email was sent out or there was something on the internet, but um, our people that were, you know, not ha having access to that missed that particular communication. So it's, like I said, it's very planful, intentional um, about those, that type of work. The I holidays is just an example of that. There are other topics that are a lot co more controversial. Um, when it comes to uh, DEI type of topics that I think we talked about in the last episode that you just have to really be intentional about what you say in the company's statement and the timing around that um, because it does have a trickle down effect um, to different pockets of your population. I think that's a really good example of the one that you just highlighted in terms of they actually did communicate about the holiday. It's just that it didn't trickle or cascade across the organization and it wasn't delivered in a manner that the masses could readily and easily access it in the course of doing their day-to-day -day job. So I think that's a really good example. And I think there were some concerns from some employees that maybe the organization could have done more to recognize the holiday. And that certainly is a conversation that can always be had. But I think had employees seen the communication, it could have really minimized the negative impact that it caused in that particular situation. Um, I'm thinking about another example. I know, Devin, you were a part of this one. You know, this is a global organization where um, 
during the time of you know George Floyd's murder, there was a lot of communication about social justice issues, in particular racial justice, racial inequity. And this company based in the U.S. had employees um, in other countries in Europe, and the employees in Europe weren't very open to the communications um, about what was happening here. So can you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, we were um, we were actually doing some employee listening sessions, um, in particular with the group in, in Europe, and they expressed that they, they didn't want to receive the communications about what was going on um, in the U.S. around racial issues, social justice issues. They felt like, you know, it didn't doesn't apply to me, it's not relevant to me, so why am I receiving that communication? Which I think at the time we were kind of like, oh, really, <laughs> you know? Um, but I think it's important as an organization, especially when you're global to, um, when, when you stand for something as an organization, that all of your employees, no matter where they sit, they know that this is what you stand for and these are the things that you're gonna communicate as an organization. Um, but you know, I'm sure around that time, all everyone was communicating about it a lot. Um, but it's important to understand how how the message communi- uh, resonates. I think we've talked about the levels, but also the locations. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how how do we make this communication relevant to our employees in Europe? Why why should they care about what's going on in the U.S.? That's so key. So, you know, our counsel to the organization because I think sometimes. Um, clients, when they receive employee feedback, they want to overcorrect. Um, it's kind of like when you're driving and they tell you, if you start to slide in ice, you know, don't overcorrect, you know, just sort of gently turn your wheel. And I would say that's our advice for our clients. Gently turn the wheel as you receive feedback because, you know, the answer, the response in the, the European situation, the response was to not to stop communicating about U.S. social justice issues, but the answer really was to provide more context, Mm -hmm. um, adapt the message for the audience, which that's just good communication practices 101. That's the basics, right? Um, But I also think it's interesting and ironic. I hadn't even thought about this. We, We did those listening sessions a couple of years ago at the height of the George Floyd issue. Now, what, a few months or two years later, 18 months later, uh, the war between Russia and Ukraine is going on. Mm-hmm. And there were racial injustice, racial inequity issues happening in Ukraine in terms of people being able to leave and flee. And so, you know, a year and a half ago, ugh, black issues in the U.S., you know, that's that's you. You know, U.S., you're, you're bad, you're terrible, you know, you never get it right with race. Um, You know, I think that that's easy to take that stance if you're not in this country, you know, that that issue doesn't apply to me, but it does. You know, racial issues, colorism in particular, is a global issue. And I think organizations who do have that global footprint have to be careful to say, oh, that's just the U.S. Yes, we have our ugly history and our ugly past that still has its tentacles today, but it's relevant for everyone. Yeah, I think the other piece to it is um, when you if you begin to kind of silo your communications and we only communicate this to this country and this to this country, 
what happens when those teams are are intermixing? You know, how how are those relationships being built? How are those teams functioning? What does that collaboration look like? So really understanding that while you may sit in Europe or you may sit in the U.S., you may have teammates, you know, across the pond. And, you know, what social issues are they facing and dealing with on a day-to-day basis that may be impacting how they show up? Yep. Yeah. And I think that's so relevant what you said about the global teams, because they're not just working amongst themselves in their country. And, you know, I used to have a global team as well. And in my experience, like like when COVID hit, right, we started with our China team and said, what did you do? Right. And, and then how did you handle the situation was able to share with each other. So I think it's very important to share across uh, cultures, but across, you know, com- uh, countries as well. So, you know, I used to work for a global hospitality company and, you know, this is long before I was even in sort of the DEI space. And I remember, um, you know, we were in the hospitality industry and so natural disasters were a big impact to our business. And I think there was a tsunami. Um, I forgot what country in Asia at the time, because uh, it's been a while, but there was a tsunami and we had employees who were impacted by it. We received communications in the U.S., that was important. Those were fellow colleagues who were severely, you know, some people lost their lives, many were displaced, of course. And so, you know, I think that when employees from different geographic locations are tempted or have a response of, eh, that's not, you know, it's not my experience, I think it's an opportunity to really focus on empathy. This is a coworker that is facing whatever the issue might be, a natural disaster, a fire, um, some kind of social justice issue, I think you can't have, we can't have inclusion without empathy. And we have to have empathy for people um, who are experiencing different things that maybe we can't personally connect to. Yeah. So I think the context, the why, when you're communicating maybe to groups that are outside of where the issues are stemmed from, just giving some snippet of you know a background or history and not going straight into the issue because we're assuming that you already know right. yes what this right. is right yeah no i think con- context is key mm-hmm. uh and something that we try to really practice as well um i know we're almost out of time but devin would love to get your perspective around like what's the role of maybe researcher data as companies are formulating their responses around these topics yeah i think um obviously not biased at all. Research and data is very important. Um, Just in thinking about in that process, whatever the process is that companies create to respond to issues is is researching and looking at, you know, what's the issue, but who is it impacting and how is it impacting them? Um, It may be impacting one group, it may be impacting multiple groups, but really understanding what that impact looks like, short-term and long-term, um, I think is really key in helping organizations decide how, how they want to respond and what they want to respond. Um, so being kind of tapped in and clued into, yes, this happened, but what does it mean? You know, what's the long-term impact um, for our organization, for our employees, um, for the country as a whole? Yeah. I think it's also really important to make sure that um, context is there from the standpoint of like historical, right? Um, 
you know, just thinking about different friends who work for global organizations where may, maybe the parent company or headquarters is outside of the U.S. and receiving communications from a non-U.S. communicator. So somebody in another country wrote something. They're sending it to the U.S. or, or someone from the U.S. sending it to another country. I do think that there's always an opportunity to really fine tune. Like, well, what do I know about the population what should I be considering about their history? What's important to them? And even the way that they speak, um, you know, the language. Um, I, I think that there's a lot of nuances that it's, it's time for all of us, ourselves included, but also in partnership with our clients. We, we need to mature and evolve to take the time to understand the audience and what's important to them and, and what's going to resonate and maybe what what might not because they just don't have that firsthand knowledge or history. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. So we've talked a little bit um, about just the way that diversity and inclusion um, topics uh, are a part of the culture transformation process. We've shared a little bit of the pitfalls to avoid, but also some of those best practices. Um, any final thoughts before we wrap up, or we good? We're good. Okay, awesome. All right, this has been another great conversation about communications and DEI. Thanks for tuning in to 24 Karis. We want to hear from you. So visit our website at Kelly Johnson Enterprises where you can ask Karis. Um, post your question and we will consider it to um, answer in an upcoming episode. Thanks for listening. <laughs>